Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, I have a loaded Monday show back in the home studio. Good to be back in the more comfortable environs of my home studio where I am the supreme monarch of my home. Not the case in a hotel room, which was great. Thank you to the hotel staff while I was on the road. But with the camera equipment taking up half to three quarters of the room, Paula and I were on top of each other, not in a pervy, weirdo way. Well, maybe I didn't. But all day, it was driving us crazy. Good to be back. Thanks for sticking with us for those two weeks. It should look a little more normal now. Is it? How's the camera? There you go. It's not as digitized as the other one. You can move your hand and your head around and everything looks great. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Online, defend it, get a VPN, go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let me get right to it. As I said, today's show brought to you by our good friends at ExpressVPN. You don't have to give big tech websites access to your data. Why would you? I choose to protect my online activity by using ExpressVPN because I don't trust big tech and I don't know why you would either. You ever wonder how free to access social media companies make all their money? Well, how they do it is by selling you, by tracking your searches, video history, everything you click on, and then selling that valuable data. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from those eavesdroppers on your network. And the ExpressVPN app couldn't be easier to use. You just tap one button on your phone or computer. It's really that simple and you're protected. Take back your online privacy today. Don't waste any time. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get the URL right. By visiting my link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free and a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your data today. All right, my good friend, producer Joe. There it is. Let's go, Dave. Dave. It's good to have <laughs> that bell is. back and be yeah. back home. Thank you again to ExpressVPN. Yeah, ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Check that out. Get those three months free. All right, let me just start this. Uh, listen, I don't really care about the Super Bowl. I I really don't. Not even a little bit. But it is funny how the media has to politicize everything. So just a quick segment here before I get to my meat and potatoes. Uh, Liz Cheney uh, losing her mind, thinks she owns the Republican Party. And let the book burning begin. I got those segments. And a segment by Tucker Carlson you're going to want to watch about um, the absolutely dreadful Shepard Smith. I got a story there for you. You're not going to want to miss. First, so the Washington Post have to politicize everything, of course, even the Super Bowl, a football game where some people wanted to just watch in peace, but that wasn't going to happen. There was a political agenda the whole time. Washington Post wonders, this is not a joke, folks. Do the Buccaneers embody Tampa Bay's love of pirates? The Buccaneers embody that. Is that a problem? How brutal outlaws became romanticized by Jamie L.H. Goodall, who apparently has nothing else of any benefit to society to write about. Um, this article reminds me of a book I read one time. Uh, it was about, what was it called? Uh, women Who Make the World Worse or something. It was by, she's since passed. And it was about liberal women who have really damaged the women's movement in the United States. This reminds me, this should be under the title, Reporters Who Make the World Worse. Is this really, was this a big issue? Before you sat down, if you decided to subject yourself to the political propaganda of the NFL and watch the Super Bowl yesterday, right? Is this really a thing that people were terrified about uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers romanticizing pirate outlaws? <laughs> Apparently it is a thing if you have nothing else to talk about. 
you're a liberal writing for the Washington Post and you're desperate to get clickbait articles run. Here's the New York Times on the Super Bowl. In Tampa, Super Bowl celebrations bring super spreader concerns. That's fascinating because the New York Times really didn't seem to care about super spreader concerns when it was a celebration uh, after Joe Biden, uh, the election and all that kind of stuff happened. I phrased that that way for a reason. Let's see, headline number two from the New York Times. Didn't seem to care much at all. Hat tip, by the way, uh, Red Steez on social media for showing us this. Yeah, they weren't too concerned about a, are you not, how come I don't see that? There you go. All right, we're getting back home, getting used to my old, a rollicking New York City celebration for Biden's win well into the night. They didn't, yeah, Joe, they didn't seem to care much (laughs) about that. So let's not waste a little time about that. It's just the um, Super Bowl did happen and all this political propaganda yesterday. So I wanted to make sure you knew that even though the Super Bowl and the NFL are all in on leftist propaganda, they don't really care. Proving my point again that liberal hacks and lunatics in the media who have no lives sit in their mommy's basement and write ridiculous clickbait pieces will never give you a pass, NFL. The NFL could give a zero interest loan to BLM and Antifa for three to four billion dollars. They could probably afford it, the NFL. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You'll be called a super spreader event by the New York slimes. You'll be uh, you're, you're, the yuckaneers, the, the whole Chris Berman, the yuckaneers. Your you're, uh, their team names will be called out for being not politically sensitive enough. It doesn't make a difference. All right, moving on to actually more important topics of the day. Daily Caller article will be up in the show notes today. Please check it out. Scott Moorfield. The dreadful Liz Cheney. I actually added the dreadful part. Headline, Liz Cheney. Trump does not have a role as a leader of our party. <laughs> Joe, you see, you see that, Paul? Joe, you see. Maybe Joe, yeah, Joe was the most uncomfortable forced laugh ever. He was like, he sounds like he's uh, been a few weeks and he's sitting on the toilet there. That's what it sounds Thanks, Joey. My brother. I don't know. I've never actually witnessed that, but I can only imagine what it would sound like if it were the case. Um, Maybe, uh, Joe, I just have a suggestion. Maybe Liz Cheney should tell the actual voters that. Yeah. Um, Because Trump's approval rating within the Republican Party is a a multiple of about, what, 6,422% higher um, than Liz Cheney's. Why am I bringing this article up? Again, it'll be in the show notes. I encourage you to look at it. Because. I know some of you reading this article about how Liz Cheney, uh, again, dreadful Republican congresswoman from Wyoming. You're probably reading it and thinking, well, Dan, it was just a few weeks ago where you told us that we shouldn't forfeit the Republican Party. It's our party. We should take it back. But you're probably thinking this is more evidence. Right, Joe, if you are just reading it on his face that why should we support these losers? Hmm. No, you're wrong. I'm bringing up this article because this exactly makes my point. How the Liz Cheney's of the world really believe the party you've built through Donald Trump and others, through your donations, your door knocking, your social media posts, and your votes, the party you've built, it's not theirs. They really think it's theirs. This She's making the opposite argument because contrary to the data, Donald Trump's still mass appeal to Republican voters, Republican voters alignment with his vision for where the GOP should go. And he still hasn't started a third party. And I don't think he will. And it's actually talked down that because I've told you how bad of an idea this is because we're not a parliamentary uh, parliamentary system. We're not, we don't have proportional representation. 
in this company, in this country. You run in races where, sadly, the Democrats and Republicans have monopolized the vote in this two-party system. They just have. We, there's no proportional representation. So if Greens run, uh, communists run, and then the Tea Party would, say, get a line on a ballot, the Tea Party, and then run, it's win or lose. The Republican or the Democrat are going to get the most vote. No one else gets a vote. That's it. It's not proportional representation. So it's a fool's errand to start a third party right now because you built the Democrats. But this article shows you again how misguided these inside baseball establishment lunatics are. She really believes, despite mass approval of Donald Trump by Republican voters, who's, it's their party. Liz Cheney still believes the party somehow is hers. She thinks, it reminds me of that, um, Joe, you remember that movie Braveheart, right? Pretty good Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. A great movie. I've seen it probably some portion of it, 72 times, maybe yeah. 72.6. Not really sure if that's an accurate number or not, but it's a good guess. Maybe audience archivist Judy can fact check that for me. I've seen Braveheart a lot. And uh, he walks into the, the Scottish nobles after winning this great battle, William Wallace. And he basically says to him, you know, you think... These people exist to give you power and titles, but really you exist to give the people power. I know I'm ruining the line a little bit. I don't actually have a, you know, me with culture stuff. I always get it wrong, but that was the gist of it. That's what's happening here. Liz Cheney still doesn't get it. She's convinced that people exist, voters, Republican voters, to give her power, give her a job. But the party is ours and she exists solely in a constitutional republic to enact and vote for things we believe in. And if not, we should vote her out and take our party back. I know some of you disagree and I respect that. There is, there are a few topics I get as many emails about as the prospects of starting a third party. Some people were offended. Dan, you should be all in for the Patriot party folks. The math just doesn't work. The idea in principle is a good one. The idea in reality is not. And I do not subscribe to losing strategies. It is not a parliamentary system. You will not elect one congressman in the entire country on the Patriot Party ballot. I take that back. Maybe you'll get a few, but you won't get enough to change anything. The way to do it is to do what we did in the Tea Party Revolution is to go back and within the party, take our own party back and give the Liz Cheney's um, a one-way ticket out of Washington, D.C. That's the way to do it. All right, we got a loaded news day today, so I want to get to more here. The impeachment trial is going to start this week, ladies and gentlemen, um, in Washington, D.C. The second faux hoax impeachment by the ridiculous, now fully discredited Democrat liberals and their media allies. They want to impeach Donald Trump for inciting a riot by suggesting people march to the Capitol, quote, peacefully and patriotically. How that's inciting a riot, I don't know, but asking liberals to pay attention to common sense and actually read the transcript of what Donald Trump said is apparently too much. For the liberals who can read, I'm sure some of them have a problem with that basic reading comprehension. Maybe we should give them an SAT test before they try to get elected to Congress. But I love this. I love this one. So Washington Times headline, again, be up in the show notes. Please subscribe to my show notes. It is my newsletter. I email it out every morning. I need to be able to talk directly to you. Ladies and gentlemen, the big tech censorship is getting insane. I need a channel to you directly. My email list is that conduit. 
Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter to get my newsletter every morning. You can read this gem of an article in the Washington Times by Alex Swayer. Washington Times, Trump's defense team during the impeachment trial will show clips of Democrats urging violence in 2020. Good for you. This again goes back to my ongoing four and a half year theory. The Donald Trump theory of liberal, liberal mania. Why Donald Trump bothers the left so much. Folks, I've said this forever now. Joe, you can attest to this. My theory, I'm Republicans have always bothered, always, always bothered Democrats. And there's always been false charges. If you're all racist and white supremacist, we get all that. We're used to that nonsense. Yeah. But Donald Trump has inflicted upon the Democrats a sense of Trump derangement syndrome, as it's been called, that is far beyond what we've seen before with Bush, even Reagan. Why? My theory is this. In the past, the Democrats have had this card, the race card, the identity politics card they played against Republicans, which has forced them to back down Republicans who then back down, apologize. And the Democrats have learned through trial and error that all they have to do are call Republicans racist. Remember that thing they had that internal listserv, journal list, journal list, look it up. A bunch of media people in D.C. had an email group. And they would talk amongst each other. And one of them, I forget who it was, had mentioned, yeah, yeah, but when, you know, when they fight back, just call them racist and they'll all back down. The, the, uh, the, uh, the liberal and the media admitted it and it got leaked. This was years ago. They knew that. My theory about Donald Trump is Donald Trump would be called these ridiculous things falsely, obviously. And instead of backing down, which the Democrats got used to, hear me out, he would fight back viciously viciously call the media fake news, enemies of the truth and all this stuff. And that they had become accustomed to putting, for those of you who saw that dreadful movie, Dirty Dancing, to putting baby in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And Donald Trump is like the Patrick Swayze character. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And he would come out and fight back. And Joe, they didn't know what to do. Nah. So they would respond to Democrats because they never had an alternate plan because it was never necessary. Joe, am I explaining this bad? If I am, stop it. No, you're cool. Call Republicans. Are we good? Okay. Yeah. Call Republicans racist. They back down. Take a victory lap in the media and move on and rub yourself and celebrate. Oh, this is so great. Oh, my God. Look what we did. <laughs> Trump didn't care. He'd respond back with an even bigger and better message than he had the last time that they called racist and crazy stuff. They didn't know how to respond. Because there never was a backup plan. So what would they do? They would up their response to Trump's response in increasingly ridiculous ways. Trump's a Russian traitor. Trump's working with Putin. Trump's giving Putin massages in the hotel. It was insanity. Maxine Waters, get up in their faces and confront them all. And then Trump would call that out. And it made them nuts. Why do I bring that up in context of the impeachment trial coming up? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting behind the scenes word that the establishment kind of Liz Cheney class or whatever, I'm not suggesting Liz Cheney specifically, but the Liz Cheney class, the failure class, the class that subscribes to the old George W. Bush vision that when the Democrats call you racist, apologize back down, even though you're not, and try to compromise with people who hate you. The Liz Cheney class wants that in this impeachment trial. 
They want the Trump team maybe to just apologize and focus on a couple of election law changes in Pennsylvania, but don't dare fight back and call the Democrats out. And the Trump team is like double barrel middle finger. I'll have to use the index one for the family friendly folks. Double barrel middle finger. Now nah, we're going to point out what you guys, Democrats, have done. Calling for violence, calling for people to be punched in the face, to be confronted, for crowds to confront people, showing video of Antifa, BLM, maybe showing the tweets of Kamala Harris bailing out BLM rioters and terrorists who burned down cities. Remember that one? This is a brilliant idea. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, impeachment is not a criminal trial. It's not. If convicted in the Senate, which I doubt, Donald Trump will face no criminal sanction from the Senate whatsoever. It's not a criminal trial. It's a political trial. And in a political trial, the goal is is what? The goal is to drain the political bank account of Donald Trump. I don't mean money. I mean, Donald Trump has a unbelievably high approval rating still to this day with the GOP. The Liz Cheney class knows that. They want him to do things that will break his image of a no surrender guy. They want him to surrender and break his no surrender renegade image. So he'll fail. So his political bank accounts train. The fact that Trump's defense team is now going to go out, take it to the Democrats, show the videos of them actually inciting violence in a political trial will do the opposite and drain the political bank account of the Democrats by making it a referendum, this trial, on Democrat behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a brilliant, brilliant approach. All right, I'm going to get to my second spot and then I want to um, get to the... This video, buyer's remorse here happening already. Now you're seeing union people, even union leaders starting to say, I got a video here of a journalist doing actual journalism on a union leader who's like, yeah, maybe that vote for Biden wasn't such a good idea when he cancels all our jobs. I got that. Then I've got let the book burning begin. And then the video of uh, Tucker Carlson absolutely wrecking the hapless Shepard Smith. Total failure in every regard. Not by Tucker. By old Shep. All right, folks, today's show brought to you by GenuCell. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. It's the final week for the Chamonix Valentine's Day sale. For only a few more days, get the brand new Zotik Deep Correcting Serum for free with your order of GenuCell for bags and puffiness. Say goodbye to adult acne, redness, stress breakouts, and hello to increase, hello, to increase, <laughs> increase firmness, smoothness, and a visibly younger looking you. Zotik combines the purest vitamin C with the brightening benefits of lactic acid for a younger healthier, happier-looking appearance. And with its immediate effects, see results in 12 hours or less. Shamani promises results you'll fall in love with or your money back, guaranteed. Visit GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Enter my special Valentine's Day discount code, DAN40. That's DAN40 at checkout. From now until Valentine's Day, get the classic GenuCell jawline treatment and luxurious GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle moisturizer free with your order. Big hit with Miss Paula in the Bongino household. Every order gets upgraded to free priority shipping. Don't wait, order now. Go to genucel.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, genucel.com, and don't forget my promo code, Dan40, that's Dan40. All right, thanks, Genucel. The hapless Joe Biden presidency starting out with (laughs) 
just glowing reviews, Joe, by everyone. Everyone's ecstatic about the electric Joe Biden. Of course, I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> um, setting the presidency on fire over the last three weeks with a litany of horrendous, probably anti-constitutional executive orders. Can't stand up to teachers unions, don't want to teach your kids in big cities anymore. It's just been um, absolutely wonderful. Well, here's Jonathan Swan at Axios, you know, doing some actual journalism here for a moment here. Here's a video of him. He's interviewing Richard Trumpka. He's a big labor leader for this uh, in, in the country. He represents a lot of unions. And he says to him, listen, you know, you guys endorsed Joe Biden here real early here. And now he's dumped this Keystone Pipeline, and you're a union rep here. You represent a number of different unions, Trumpka. And most of your union people involved with that, notably 11,000 hardworking American union workers working on Keystone, uh, they got the dipsy-doo dumperoo, meaning they don't have jobs anymore. How do you feel about that? Watch how this goes. And Trumpka, the union guy, is shockingly candid about the dreadful past three weeks of this Biden growing disaster. Check this out. You think Biden realizes that that was a mistake, that announcement? I, I think so, yes. Did you talk to him about it? I have not. Why do you think he's- And if I had, I wouldn't tell you. So why do you think he has come to that realization? Because the next time the subject came up, it was done the right way. When you said that the Laborers International Union was correct in their statement, I want to read you part of their statement. They said, we support the president's campaign to build back better. Killing good union jobs on day one with nothing to replace them is not building back better. Do you agree with that statement from Terry O'Sullivan? Yes. Mm, that one. That was, remember our segment uh, a couple of weeks ago? Laura Curran, Nassau, Nassau County executive talking about people's tennis balls and how you should, you can kick people's balls, but <laughs> yeah. you can't touch people's ball. Remember that one? <laughs> yes. By the way, on our, one of our social media accounts, that video of the show for me has over a million views. I think it was one of the most watched today. This is Richard Trumpka basically saying the same thing about kicking tennis balls that we, yeah, we're really kicking his balls right now. One of the top union leaders in the country basically acknowledging they made a mistake here. Now, do I expect them to change course and start speaking truth to their union members that, hey, we don't have your interests in mind. We have our union interests in mind. And those aren't the same thing. Nah, not nah, of course not. I'm not stupid. But there is a lesson here, folks. These guys are not in it for you. Are you telling me Richard Trumpka? And unions didn't have an idea, at least, that Biden would come in and cancel the Keystone Pipeline and cancel good union jobs? Come on. Come on. There had to be at least some suspicion this could happen. At least some suspicion. It's common sense. But now, after the fact, everybody's running for cover. This reminds me of something. You know, I don't like to talk about stories unless I feel like I have some, some, some color to add to it, some background. You know, in, in my second book, The Fight, I talk about the dangers of uh, what Mansur Olson would call concentrated interests and diffuse costs. Unions are a concentrated interest. It's not necessarily a bad interest. I'm not impugning the character of people who work in unions or their leaders. I'm, 
nor Trump gum, simply suggesting they have a concentrated interest. Their concentrated interest is whatever the union may be. The boiler makers, steam fitters, electricians, their concentrated interests are the working conditions and salaries of their workers, right, Joe? It's concentrated. Yeah. In other words, the interests of electricians in Local 3 in New York City are the interests of them. They're probably not yours. Your interests right. are your job, your kids. Your, a con but the costs of taking care of those unions are diffused because labor costs go up around the country. Diffused in that if labor costs go up a few bucks here and there, Joe, it probably doesn't affect you directly in your life in enough of a dramatic fashion that you're willing to go out and organize against unions or concentrated interests. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like the unions benefit and the cost to use very small. So you're like, ah, I'm just going to let it go, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's why groups like say AARP benefit too. They lobby for things that ben benefit relatively concentrated interest groups of people and the costs to you are perceived to be small. So you don't have an interest in fighting back. Well, the problem with that is that it's very successful doing that because these small concentrated interests ARP is kind of a larger interest, but the unions are probably a better example. Teachers unions specifically. Because the costs to them are to you specifically are very small. The benefits to them can be very large, but when they lose, like the teachers unions are about to, and the unions losing their jobs on Keystone, the concentrated benefits go away too. Why am I bringing this all up? Because ladies and gentlemen, I'm seriously suggesting that you vote according to your conscience and what you know is right and not what a concentrated interest is telling you. Because once they get you those benefits, those benefits can be taketh away like that. Oh, you thought you were safe on the Keystone Pipeline because your concentrated interest supported Joe Biden? Well, Joe Biden, unfortunately, took your concentrated benefits, your job. Because remember, that works the same way. When your interests are at a very low cost to me and the general American voter, they're not going to organize to vote against you because there's not much in it for that. It costs me a few extra bucks for a job, whatever. But when you lose your job, it costs them nothing either. Does that make sense, Armacost? Oh, yeah. It costs them nothing either. Yep. Most people yeah. around the country, like Joe and I, are concerned. We think this really sucks that you lost your job. Seriously. It is awful. And I'm, I've got your back. But the cost to me, candidly, folks, is what? 25 cents extra at the gas pump? There's a lesson here. Vote your heart. Vote your head. Don't vote to what these union leaders and others are telling you. You know it's the right thing to get back into schools. You know it's the right thing to support serious conservatives and libertarians who support economic freedom. Instead, some of you voted because your union leaders told you to vote for Biden, who in turn made sure you had no job later. Mansur Olson, look it up. Concentrated interests, diffuse costs. Those diffuse costs work both ways. It's relatively low cost to us for Joe Biden to fire you guys. Big mistake. All right, moving on. This is our Let the Book Burning Begin segment. We're back to the Salem witch trials, Joe. We'll all be Hester Prynne soon, I'm, I'm sure. Scarlet letters on all of our foreheads may be tattooed. Let the let the uh, let the Salem witch trials begin shortly after that. What am I talking about? Uh, I woke up this morning, saw this fascinating article. I have my show name on Google Alert. 
the Dan Bongino show, obviously for a lot of reasons, because I want to see what people are talking about, about my show. Helps us market the show better. So once in a while, I come up with a gem that has nothing to do with my show, but something to do with me. Um, this came up at the New York Times this morning. And I want to, let's frame this article because I always like to give you kind of where we're going with this before. Folks, I know cancel culture is under your skin. It's on mine. It's cost me a, a lot of money and a lot of time. Obviously what happened with uh, Parler and, else, and elsewhere. But I want to assure you, my now five-year push to construct a parallel economy free from liberal lunatics, media lunatics, media totalitarians, media communists, and elsewhere. It's happening right now, right in front of your eyes. There are small battles we're winning. And one of the articles I saw today in the New York Times, it's meant to be kind of a backhanded wink and a nod to publishers to stop publishing conservative authors. But the reality of it is if you read the article in depth and you know the publishing industry like I do, I mentioned in the piece, I'll tell you how we're actually winning, not losing this fight. New York Times. Big publishing pushes out Trump's last fan. Top editors at Hachette have told employees they've learned the lessons of the Capitol siege of January 6th. No hate speech, no incitement of violence, and no false narratives by Ben Smith. This is, of course, a New York Times article meant to do what, show. This is one of those wink and nod articles where the New York Times media tyrants, media totalitarians, and media communists are winking to book publishers that, you know, hey, be a real shame, Joe, if you publish some of these MAGA authors. And, you know, we had to write about how you're publishing about inciting violence and hate speech and stuff, Joe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So what they're doing here is the New York Times media communists and liberals, as part of cancel culture, they're doing this wink and nod approach. The wink and nod approach is or the be a real shame approach, as I said last week. And they're going down the line. What do I mean by that? They're going from space to space. I want to write this down for I won't miss one. Anywhere Trump supporters, conservatives, or libertarians publish their ideas, anywhere will become a target of the communists at the New York Times and the media and Democrats. The podcast space, the book space, which we'll cover in this piece, to let the book burning begin. Any social media platform, parlor, gab, whatever, they'll all become targets. Telegram, chat rooms, any chat rooms like Clubhouse and others you dare to speak and unapproved media speak, they will become a target. It's happening right now. I'll tell you that story in a minute too. A great piece by Glenn Greenwald in the shows. Micro blogs, blogs, Radio, TV, anywhere speech is unapproved by the media communists will become a wink and nod target. It's guaranteed. So this one specifically is about books. And this is the wink and nod. God forbid you publish one of these MAGA people, the MAGA terrorists, as they're starting to call us. Jake Tapper disgracefully said that this weekend. Uh, we will come after you next. So here's the first part. This is the um, invocation of the morals clause that the New York Times is probably winking and nodding that other publishers should do too to make sure, God forbid, conservatives get a book out. Quote, New York Times piece. Hachette is hardly the only mainstream publisher steering away from MAGA books. Simon & Schuster invoked its morals clause. There's the wink and a nod. Maybe you other publishers should do that too. Clause to cancel the publication of Josh Hawley's book, Republican from Missouri, after he objected to the results of the November election and cheered the protest before the violence broke out. Simon & Schuster, two sources familiar with his plan, said, will also stop publishing the right-wing activist Candace Owens. 
Again, this is signaling. This is the New York Times signaling its support in the media for totalitarian communist book burning type activities. But inadvertently, Ben Smith gives the other side of the argument, whether he knows it or not. I don't think he understands what he's doing. He may. But he gives the other side of the argument. Here's the side you should start to smile about a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are winning small battles in the publishing industry. The parallel economy where we get away from the media communists and their buddies is being built right now. And I have been a part of it in a small way, but in a way nonetheless. Here's a guy named Adam Bellow. He founded the broadside imprint at HarperCollins, and he now runs a publisher called Bombardier. He says, yeah, there was price inflation in the conservative book market. Bellow said he compensated for the inability to bid bid by splitting sales 50-50 with Megastars, including the right-wing media figure Dan Bongino and Congressman Matt Gaetz, a Florida Republican uh, who was a leading Trump acolyte. This guy, Bello, who I, I don't remember. I have one email from him. I don't, I don't know this guy. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember talking to him much. But Bello said, we're already getting a lot of these books, partly because the big publishing houses are saying no, and partly because no self-respecting conservative should want to be published in a house where people hate them. Amen. Mr. Bello is absolutely right. So you get my point here? You see what happened? The publishing industry now is already building a parallel economy I've been a part of. Now, not, none of this is easy. And Bello gives both sides of it. He says basically this. It's a little bit of inside baseball, but people love behind-the-scenes talk. Any book behind-the-scenes scores huge. Behind-the-scenes, an airline steward who speaks out. There's a behind-the-scenes book of 60 Minutes this weekend. Here, they say Mike Wallace was a terrible guy. The book's like at the top of the charts. Everybody loves behind-the-scenes. Let me give you a behind-the-scenes thing of what happened to me as and showing you how this parallel economy for publishing, free of cancel culture censorship, is already happening. The point is this. Maybe if you're a Trump supporter who writes a book like me, you may not get a huge advance. It's probably true. Because what happens, folks, is the big publishing houses, Simon & Schuster, Hachette and others, Macmillan and stuff, they're moving away and caving to cancel culture. So they're not bidding. So they're not bidding on people like me. So you may have, if you're Dan Bongino writing another book, forgive me for talking about myself in the third person, you may only have two companies bidding on your book rather than, say, seven or eight. Simple economics, folks, right? If there's fewer people bidding on a product on eBay, it's not going to generate the price people want because there's not many people bidding on it. You get a thousand people bidding on it, the price goes through the roof. So you may say, well, Dan, how's that a win? Well, it's a win because conservative publishers who respect conservative thought and who respect Trump supporters figured out a new revenue model. They said this, and this is what happened to me. They said, Dan, we may not be able to give you the biggest advance in the world, which I said, fine. I mean, if you're only writing for the advance, then my suggestion to you is then don't write. If it's all about the money for you, then just don't do it. I always told people, book, ask anyone I've spoken about the book business. It's very hard to make any money. Write because you believe in it. If it makes money later, great. But they came to me and said, we may not be able to give you the biggest advance in the world, but we'll split the revenue 50-50. I said, well, that sounds like a fair deal. You see, it's in there. That's what this guy, Adam Bellow, mentions. And folks, it's always been a fair deal for me. Why? Because of you. My audience has always supported my books. And I know, oh, although I may not like get really stupid rich up front, like, oh my gosh, a $10 million advance. That's never happened. We've never even been close to that. Never even, even in the ballpark. I always knew in the end that these companies who came to me and said, you think your audience will back this book? Absolutely. You willing to write it for a 
Small advance compared to, absolutely. Some advances got pretty nice at the end, just to be fair, but never close to anything in like seven figures. Not even close. We're building the parallel economy. Yeah, the downside, you may not get a huge chunk of upfront money, but you have faith in your audience and all of a sudden it all works out in the end. You've always supported my books. Always. Every single time. Am I going to write another one? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I always say that and I wind up coming up with an idea later on, but it's happening. We're learning our way around. They can't stop us forever. They can't keep the beach ball underwater. All right. It's probably best I get to my, uh, my third sponsor. And I want to go on to the second part of this. How this wink and nod approach, this is a two-prong approach, cancel culture, to crushing conservatives and Trump supporters. And I want to get to this video of Tucker Carlson just flooring Shepard Smith, which is great. The two-prong approach is this, the wink and the nod approach in the liberal media. Really be a shame if you published, you know, MAGA writers, wink and nod. And the second prong is media people pushing to have people deplatformed because of disinformation. Glenn Greenwald has a fantastic piece. I'll get to it in a minute. Let's get to our third sponsor, Joe Armacost, personal favorite, our friends at Rock Auto. Hi. One reason to repair, yeah, you know, Joe, Joe has been a customer of Rock Auto for a because he's handy, unlike me. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. You can then use for other important things, you know, like mortgages, food, that kind of stuff. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts store at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, they have these Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey. Costs you $353.99. Not at Rock Auto, where it's only $216.79. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, like Armacost. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. Everything. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The rockauto.com catalog, super easy to navigate and unique. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. There's some singing at the end of this, Joe. I'm warning you right now. Best of all, prices at Rapala YouTube. Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the pros and do-it-yourselfers like Armacost. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Bongino, my last name, and how did you hear about us so they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection. Reliably low prices. Get ready for it. You ready? Paul, are you ready? Joe, you ready? <laughs> all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. One more time. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Say Rock Auto. <laughs> Paula's going to, she's threatening to mute me on my own show. This is the Dan Bongino show, not the. It is. It's the Dan Bongino show, not the Paula Bongino or the Joe Armica. Joe's actually threatening to mute me too. Joe is quietly sending me a text right now because he controls the Adobe audition. I'm cutting that part out because your singing is awful. No, Rock Auto loves me and I love Rock Auto and I will sing to my heart's content. I'm just kidding. Joe didn't send me that text. But Joe, who is a professional musician, knows how awful my singing is. I just like Rock Auto. All right, going. <laughs> rock Auto never, they never complains. They dig my song. All right, getting back to some serious stuff, this Glenn Greenwald piece. So this New York Times article I just discussed is part of this two-pronged strategy where media communists wink and nod to every industry out there, radio, podcasts, blogs, Twitter, social media companies, whatever, 
they wink and nod and say, hey, podcasts like Apple, it'd be a real shame, you know, if you guys continue to publish MAGA people on your podcast platform. Real shame, right? The second strategy is to use the same media people to call everything we do disinformation, despite the fact that they're the actual disinformation specialists who promoted the PP tape. There is a fantastic Substack I can't recommend enough by Glenn Greenwald. I'm on Substack as well. Please subscribe to Glenn Greenwald. He is not a conservative, but that's okay. He's an actual journalist who has no problem calling out communists in the media because he's afraid of totalitarians like I am and what they'll do. This, the link to his Substack article will be in my show notes, however, today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read this piece. It is worth your time. It's called The Journalistic Tattletale and Censorship Industry Suffers Well-Deserved Blows. Sever something happened this weekend. I'm going to get to that last in this piece because it's important. There is the New York Times' uh, Taylor Lorenz falsely accused the tech investor of using a slur after spending months trying to infiltrate, infiltrate and monitor a new app that allows free conversation. That's what this piece is about. But he makes some critical pieces about the two-pronged strategy first and how the book burning has begun. Let's go to screenshot number one where he describes the be a real shame approach, right? Media rights pieces, Apple, be a real shame if you continue to publish the Dan Bongino show, right? So he says, quote, I've written before about one particularly toxic strain of this authoritarian, quote, reporting. Teams of journalists at three of the most influential corporate media outlets CNN's media reporters, Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy, NBC's disinformation space unit. Gosh, is that not a communist name or what? Ben Collins and Brandy, Brandy Zadrozny and the tech reporters of the New York Times, Mike Isaac, Kevin Roos and Shira Frankel. All of them have written about me, by the way, devote the bulk of, bulk of their so-called journalism to searching for online spaces. Get a load of this, Joe. Where they believe speech and conduct rules are being violated. They then flag them. And then plead that punitive action be taken, banning censorship or content regulation after school detention. These, quote, hall monitors are a major factor explaining why tech monopolies, which for reasons of self-interest and ideology, never wanted the responsibility to censor, now do so with abandon and seemingly arbitrary blunt force. They are shamed by the world's loudest media companies when they do not. Amen, Glenn Greenwald. Nailed it. This is the be a real shame approach. These media reporters at NBC, CNN, they're not real reporters. They're fakes. They're communists. Um, and also the people at the New York Times. This is what they, they write endless pieces about everything from, what is the new one? What's the new one Elon Musk is using? The, um, it just jumped to the top of the charts. It's an app where you can talk to people. Uh, uh, clubhouse, clubhouse. Everyone will become a target when it's not approved leftist speech. They're just going down the line. Secondly, talks about how they move from space to space. Anywhere we go to talk, Telegram, this, um, what is that one I just mentioned? I'm like losing my mind here. Clubhouse. Anywhere you go, these communists will follow. They move from space to space. I mentioned it before, it's podcasts, books, social media, it doesn't matter. This is an actual quote from a fake journalist. He says, quote, those of us in journalism have come to terms with the fact that free speech, a principle we hold sacred, is being weaponized against the principles of journalism. Complained ridiculous absurdity. I added that in. Ultimate establishment journalism maven Stephen Cole. 
the dean of Columbia University School of Journalism and a staff writer at the New Yorker talking about how free speech is a bad thing. This is hilarious. A New Yorker and Vox contributor who runs a major journalistic listserv, listserv appropriately t- uh, called Study Hall, Kyle Cheka, has already begun, sh- begun shaming Substack for hosting writers he regards as unacceptable. A recent Guardian article warned that podcasts, here we go, Joe, they're moving down the chain. Anywhere unapproved speech happens. This Guardian article warned that podcasts was one of the remaining areas still insufficiently policed. ProPublica on Sunday did the same about Apple. And last month, one of its reporters appeared on MSNBC to demand that Apple censor its podcast content as aggressively as Google's YouTube now censors its video content. This is kind of communist. They're straight up communists. It never stops. It never stops. But what happened this weekend? Well, this fake news specialist, Taylor Lorenz at the New York Times, made an abomination of a mistake. She must have snuck in on Clubhouse, apparently some app where people can speak to each other in small groups um, without the uh, NSA or the communists listening. Well, the communists in the media like Taylor Lorenz weren't having that. So Lorenz decided to jump in on a private Clubhouse uh, talk where a guy named Mark Andreessen was speaking with some, I guess, colleagues of his. Everybody tracking? It's a private chat. This fake news reporter jumps in there. So this is from the piece. This is what happened from Glenn Greenwald's piece. The profound pathologies driving all this were on full display on Saturday. This is this past Saturday as a result of a reckless and self-humiliating smear campaign by one of the New York Times star tech reporters, Taylor Lorenz. She falsely and very publicly accused Silicon Valley entrepreneur investor Mark Andreessen of having used the slur word, quote, retarded during a discussion about the Reddit GameStop uprising. Hmm. Andreessen said it was retarded. Interesting. It goes on. Well, Lorenz lied. Wow, Joe, that's interesting. A fake news specialist lying. Lorenz lied. Andreessen never used that word. And rather than apologize and retract it, she justified her mistake by claiming it was a, quote, male voice that sounded like his. Then she locked her Twitter account as though she, rather than the person she falsely maligned, was the victim. You believe this? Sneaks her way into a chat room, falsely claims this person, Mark Andreessen, used the word, quote, retarded, talking about Reddit and GameStop. It was never Andreessen. He never said that. And then the New York Times slime artist, Taylor Lorenz, locks her Twitter account because she's getting spit back on Twitter, acting like she's the victim here. They will chase you down the chain. It won't stop until you fight back. And we create this entirely parallel economy. Video platforms, social media platforms, book publishing, apps, app stores, phone companies, all of it. Dan, that sounds hard. You're darn right it sounds hard. But it's starting. Don't leave every show depressed. We have to know the battlefield here so we know how to strategically win the fights. The book publishing separation started a long time ago. I was part of it. You're seeing it now with the advent of new social media platforms, new apps developing. Pretty soon, Clubhouse, I'm sure, will have a feature to detect troll accounts so trolls like Taylor Lorenz can't sneak into private chats and do the communist thing, falsely accuse people and propagandize to get them pulled down and get them canceled. All right. 
should probably do our last sponsor. Yeah, let me do my last sponsor. And I want to get this video, which is fantastic. And I want to tell you a great story about the dreadful Shepard Smith. I've never shared this. And you know, I don't like sharing dirt. It's not that really, if it was, you know, it's not really that bad of a story, but it just goes to show you what a horrible human being Shepard Smith is. We ran into him once in the lobby of Fox before I was working there. What a dreadful, miserable human being. <laughs> All right, today's final sponsor. Paint your life. Valentine's Day is coming up. I wanted to do something special to celebrate it, so I thought, why not a special portrait of my girls? Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. This makes a tremendous gift. Tremendous gift. Just watch people open it when you get it. It's a user-friendly platform and it lets you do this. Order a custom-made, hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's a quick and easy process. You get a hand-painted portrait in about three weeks. Here's what you do. You send any picture, yourself, your kids, your children, your girls, your boys, your dog, a special place, a cherished pet, or you can combine photos into one painting. It makes the perfect birthday, anniversary, wedding gift, or Valentine's Day gift. When you watch people open these, you are just going to be shy. It is so meaningful and personal as a gift, and everybody wants that, right? We love it. Here's how you get this great deal. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this incredible offer, text the word DAN to 64000. That's DAN, D-A-N to 64,000. Text DAN to 64,000. Don't wait. It's such a tremendous gift. Really pulls at the heartstrings. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text DAN to 64,000. All right, thanks, Paint Your Life. All right, watch this video. So uh, Shepard Smith, a former uh, absurdity at Fox News, who's now uh, uh, doing horrible ratings, trying to, regain his dignity over at CNBC. Shepard Smith ran a show and, you know, Joe, he's a tremendous investigative reporter, this Shepard oh, yeah. Smith, and they cracked the story of the century. Joe um, gets to cheat again and see the video clips and audio before the show. So wouldn't you agree, Joe, this was the story of the century in Naples, Florida? Oh, yeah. They found something at yeah. a supermarket. This is it. This is up there with like a, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. It's a biggie, yeah. This is up there with, you know, interviews of, on foreign soil of foreign leaders who've changed the world. Shepard Smith nails it on his um, discredited failing CNBC show. And Tucker wants to give him some credit. They found some dastardly deeds happening in Naples, Florida, an area I'm very familiar with. I ran for Congress over there. Watch Tucker. This is about a minute and 50, but it's worth your time. Just give Shepard all the accolades he deserves. For this incredible act of investigative reporting, check this out. We spend an awful lot of time beating up on journalists and the sorry state of journalism, but we don't want it to be all negative. Of course, we'll hold up the miscreants for abuse, but we also want to celebrate the good guys once in a while. And tonight, we want to bring you the story of a genuine investigative journalist, a man who's been forgotten, cast aside like an Acosta, when he really should be an Edward R. Murrow. And that's an injustice we plan to rectify right now. When everyone else was saying you should wear a mask to protect yourself from the coronavirus, this man told you you should wear three masks. Not just one, three. Bravery like that isn't taught. You're born with it. You got it or you don't. 
Well, last night, this same investigative journalist, now an anchor at CNBC, broke the story of a lifetime. If Pulitzer Prizes still mattered, and they don't, this would get a Pulitzer. You've seen the Zapruder film. You've seen the moon landing. You've never seen anything like this. Roll tape. We all fantasize about a time when we won't have to wear the masks anymore. It's not now. But some at a supermarket in Florida appear to have decided that the time is now. Look at this. This was the scene at Oaks Farm's Seed and to Table Market in Naples today. NBC Sam Brock took this video, which went viral. It looks like it was taken pre-pandemic, right? Most customers and employees not wearing masks at all. This was the scene. A woman smiled in a grocery store. Actually, it wasn't quite what we thought it was. We believe the hype, I guess. Maybe when you've spent 30 years reading scripts about car chases, everything seems like a car chase. The problem is not everything is a car chase. Sometimes it's just people smiling at each other in a grocery store. Sorry, overheated news guy. That's not actually uh, news. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hat tip Newsbusters for that gem. Hat tip Tucker Carlson as well. Shep found it, Joe. He found it. Video of people <laughs> shopping in a small supermarket, seed to table in Naples, um, shopping and smiling at each other. Apparently, some customers chose not to wear a mask. This is apparently the story of the century, according to Shep. Uh, let me just tell you what kind of guy Shep is, what a loser this guy is. So when I had just met Joe back in 2011, you know, I was running for Senate. I was a no name anywhere. I mean, like in the real sense of where nobody knew who I was. I was a secret service agent who left the job to run for office. Everybody's like, who's this guy? So we had gotten invited on Fox. I don't know what it was, Neil Cavuto or whatever. But I had this press person who was, you know, we were both kind of green in the field. And she was just figuring out how to do press because we didn't have any money to pay some you know, big time media pro to get us booked everywhere. But Fox took interest in the story and Shep was still working there. And uh, again, we were doing some hit in the morning and Shep walks in the lobby and my media person says, I, I, folks, this is exactly how it went down. There's no alternate vision of what happened. You remember this story, Paula? Shep walks in the lobby and my media person says to me, hey, I'm going to go talk to him and see if he'd uh, see if he'd quick be interested in having you on the show. And I begged her, please don't, because I know Shep was a total liberal, right? She just does. She's a, she was so aggressive. She didn't even care. She walks up to him. I mean, aggressive with me. She wasn't with Shep. She was really nice. And she goes, hello, you know, Mr. Smith, I, Dan Bongino, he was a secret service agent running for office. Any chance we get him on the show? In the most dismissive I want to say something different, but I, I believe because we're on terrestrial radio, we're subject to FCC roles. Blank whole way possible. He says, he does, she doesn't even finish her sentence. And he goes, no, 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 no. Not interested. Face palms are like he just won the Heisman. Desmond Howard style. Gives her the <laughs> face plant. I mean, in front of all these people, like embarrasses the hell. No, no. No, 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 not interested. As if like the first six no's weren't enough. And he like screams it out. Now, I know Shep's defense will be, hey, I got to go to work. This happens all the time in the lobby. Well, maybe 
in 2011, when Joe and I were both kind of green to the podcast revolution and mm -hmm. to each other and didn't know much about politics, I would have accepted that. But now being in the media myself and having walked that Fox lobby, I don't know, 200, 300 times, I challenge you to email me. My email's on the website. If I ever did that to you in the Fox lobby. I didn't. I've been stopped in the Fox lobby or outside. Right, what, Paula? Because I call you every time, right? And what do I say? Right after I get off the air, I typically call Paula to get the Paula review of what happened. How many times have I had to say, I'll hang up and get back to you in a minute, right? Because people get, I have never, ever, ever disrespected or humiliated someone like that in front of people out there, ever. There are a few people I said, hey, I'm quick, I got to do something, but I got to run. He made a big scene, Joe. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Heisman, Desmond Howard style, not interested and made sure to humiliate as she just kept walking and disregarded her. And I tell you, she came walking back and I, she was tough. Woman was very tough who worked me. But I got to tell you, I saw in her face like a deflated look, like she was upset. There's the real Shep Smith. Dan, are you allowed to tell stories like that? Don't care. Tell stories, whatever I want. Why not? I wasn't working anywhere. Listen, we got to jump to this Washington Examiner story last because we're running out of time. I got a whole bunch of stuff I got to get to tomorrow. The good news is, Paula, we've got a lot of our show prep done, including a great Red State article. You can get ahead of tomorrow's show by reading it in today's show notes again, but you know that slash newsletter. Red State has done an autopsy on why Time Magazine decided it would be a good idea to admit liberals in a secret cabal manipulated the 2012 election. What the hell did they do that for? Read ahead for tomorrow. I'm going to get into that and the two takeaways from that piece. I also want to get to this great article about how the liberals' idea of demographic destiny, how they think growing numbers of Hispanic voters in the United States is going to benefit them long run, is a total failure. Total failure. That article is fascinating, too. But I wanted to end the show on this one. This will be in the show notes, too. It will also be up at BonginoReport.com, our conservative alternative to the now- Left-leaning Drudge Report. Joe, this is... Joe does not get to see these. Mm -mm. This is probably the best story I have heard in a long time. I want to leave you with a smile on your face. You know what Ilhan Omar, radical far-left congresswoman from Minnesota? Well, Ilhan Omar apparently had a very strange relationship with her now husband's business. Not the brother husband. This is the post-brother husband. So she married not her brother, the, you know, the not brother husband. She marries the not brother husband who has a consulting, political consulting firm. And it's really strange. Ilhan Omar is always trying to call out, you know, these big conservative interests and dark money and whatever and all that other stuff. Apparently, her non-brother husband now, his primary source of income, $2.8 million. That's a lot of dough. Constituted 70% of Ilhan Omar's campaign spending. Now, again, a subject I have personal experience. Remember, Paula, when we ran for office, people tried to convince you to take a paycheck. Here's the difference. Paula was really doing hardcore work, building out Bongino.com, the website, which was a campaign website back in the day. And she refused. She said, I will not take that. I'm, 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 she, she wouldn't take it. She would not take it. So I find this kind of weird that $2.8 million was paid from Ilhan Omar to her not-brother husband's company. 
So why is that a good story? Because two congressmen, genius, Washington Examiner, Tom Tiffany, Hat Tip Tom, and Mike Gallagher, they introduced a bill named after Ilhan Omar that would prevent politicians from paying spouses with campaign funds. And the bill is called, Joe, do we have a drum roll anywhere? Uh, No. I'll have to do it. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Paula. It's called the Omar Act. I love it. The Omar Act. Call your congressman today and say, hey, we are all in for the Omar Act. The Omar Act. We should run on this in 2022. I said there were going to be two big issues in 2022. Big tech and uh, fair and free elections and voter ID. Those are the two big issues for 2022. Let me take that back. Three, three big issues. Everything's in threes, right? Remember Kermit Kane, God rest his soul. What did he, what was his plan, Joe? 999. People think in threes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. There's probably some neuropsychologists who can explain to us. Here's the third tenet of our plan, the Omar Act. Preventing Ilhan Omar from paying her non-brother husband 2.8 million more, 70% of their campaign funds to the campaign. I love the Omar Act. And big hat tip, I don't know Tom Tiffany. I do know Mike Gallagher, um, a radio host out in Texas. My friend Sam used to have the tough guy, uh, tough guy squad. He had me, Mike Gallagher, and... Uh, 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 Alan West in that. So I, I do know who Mike Gallagher is, but let's pass the Omar Act. Call or email your congressman today and say, hey, I'm all in on the Omar Act. This is absolutely spectacular. What a great idea. There's my wink and a nod. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Again, it's going to be loaded. You're not going to want to miss those articles I spoke about. They are really, really interesting and should, again, leave you in these horrible times with some Good news. The Democrats' plans are really going to fall apart if they're relying on demographics to save them. Isn't going to work. Identity politics has its limits. Thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my video show, rumble.com slash Bongino. It is absolutely free. Rumble is like YouTube without the political censorship and better. We're closing in on 1.5 million subscribers, which is amazing. Rumble.com slash Bongino and make BonginoReport.com. Every day, bookmark it, your home for your morning news. Viewership there has gone through the roof. We really appreciate it. BonginoReport.com. Thanks, folks. It's good to be home. Thanks for your patience this last couple of weeks. Joe, Paula, Drew, and I, we all appreciate it. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.